Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. Again, live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Devin McMillan. I'm at the round table with my bro. We got uh, B. Austin in the building. Jimmy the Blueprint will be with us shortly. Um, the NBA playoffs are here, man. So we are talking hoops and more hoops. La Costa Nostra. So keep it locked right here as we talk about all of this and everything else happening in the world of sports. And if you want to get in on the conversation yourselves, make sure you sign in right now to the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at war room. Call us directly in about five minutes when we open up the digital extreme tech hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. Remember, we are talking hoops. But before we get started, make sure that when we're not live on the air that you check out archive episodes War Room at WarRoomSports.com, the War Room Sports mobile app, which is free on Android and iOS, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, Google, and most other places you do your podcast listening. What up, King? Quick question, man. Another shout out to the homie, uh, Neighborhood Nip. Rest in peace, rest in power. Did you happen to, you know, we, we're not going to go down this sullen path again. But did you happen to catch any of his uh, his service today? Yo, man, you know, uh, we're brothers cut from a certain cloth. So, you know, whatever way the sheep is going, we go in the opposite direction. So if the sheep going in the right direction, I guess that means we wrong and dead. But I'm going in the opposite direction. I ain't jumping off that crib, off that cliff. But I will admit, yo, the brother minister, when he speaks, <laughs> yo, it's something about Yo, I, I, when the brother speaks, man, I'd be like, yo, I don't even care what religion you claim. I don't care. Listen, man. Right. Yo, God God touches some of them words, man. The brother, yo, yo the brother speaks. Speaking of the, the honorable minister, Luke Khan, yo, he, um, he popped a mean freestyle today because, and I think it was all because he called by mistake, he called Nipsey Hussle Nipsey Russell. So he found a way to twist that without without a scene. He twisted that into talking about Russell Westbrook in the 2020-20 that he gave for Nipsey the other day, and then he shouted out rolling 60s, got the crowd hype, and forgetting that he just called this man Nipsey Russell. Yo, he pulled it Yo. again. I was like, that's, that's just experience right there, man. That's Decades oh, of speaking in front of Yo. crowds and being able to improvise at the drop of a hat. I was impressed. I know you. <laughs> I know you appreciate bars. Yo, the brother minister's bar game. It don't <laughs> rhyme, but his bar game is immaculate conception. Times. Yo, he's nice with it. He's nice yeah. with it. 
But it's crazy because I can't think of anybody else. But, you know, because we've been talking over the last week, talking about how you know, Nipsey may not have been as popular then and there, but Nipsey Hustle is going to, if he hasn't already, he's going to approach Tupac status um, as far yeah, as definitely social it, media. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you know, and the thing is, you know, Pac had, when he was alive, like he had a cult following. Nipsey, you know, he had his following, especially in California, especially in L.A., but he had respect everywhere else. And then on top of that, once he did pass, even the people who didn't know of him, never heard of him, or, you know, just knew a little bit about him, had spent the last two weeks, last, you know, week or so hearing about how positive and how good of a dude he was, that everybody's kind of jumping on that train. Yo, dude is going to be, he, he, he's, yeah, he, he's definitely going to have Pac status because, in my opinion, the difference between the two, Pac, he talked a lot of stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, his words, like, you know, you do an interview with Pac, he was going to say some deep stuff. And he had a revolutionary mind. In my opinion, Nipsey put the action into the words and kind of pushed that kind of, that stuff a little bit further. So yeah, I see it growing, man. It's, it's coming. <laughs> I think the difference. I think the difference between the two. I'm gonna go ahead and get get myself in trouble. I think the difference is one was the best rapper than the other. It's the brother most recently uh, passed on. But you know, that's what <laughs> oh, yeah. there. You gonna get yourself in trouble. Pop, pop, people still out here ready for war. All right, but yeah, like I said, yeah. we're not gonna go down this. Path. It was, you know, I haven't seen anybody be have a first of all have a funeral service at Staples since Michael Jackson. That's the only person I've ever seen have a funeral service at a Staples Center. So it's already showing you this dude had like thirty thousand people come out to celebrate life, and and it's crazy. It's crazy. And they're still going because they're 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 doing a twenty five mile motorcade. Through the city, so he's taking these little motorcade that he did through Brooklyn and taking that a step further. He's going 25 miles through, you know, like South Central, Inglewood, you know, going down past the uh, the, the Marathon Clothing Shop and where, you know, they, they're really celebrating that dude's life, man. And, yeah, I, I got to watch it. It was cool. It was a funeral. Yeah, yeah, of course, they had his sad parts. All intense purposes, he definitely was a was a good dude. I mean, the energy he put out and the things that he was into and popularizing, um, you know, at a certain level, there were those of us who are fickle and cynical based on life. We was like, it was only a matter of time because he was giving the people not what they wanted, but what they needed in terms of his message and in terms of what he stood for. So at one, somewhere in a little room, some very powerful people are like, well, at least they got to, the, got to them themselves and we didn't have to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. All right, so, man, let's get into what we are here to do in sports. And before we get into that, just got to let you know that Hot Topic Look, if you guys want to know how much money you can make betting on sports at my bookie, 
Make sure you go and check it out. The NBA and NHL seasons are in playoff mode. The Masters are underway. So if you still haven't checked my bookie, there's no better time than right now. Later money on the biggest games in sports. You can join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. You guys tired of getting the runaround from the is when it's time for a payout? That's why we urge you to join my bookie. If you win, they pay. No hassles, period. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wagers after the game start if you're one of them waffling dudes who can't make a decision. That's crazy. I know. Just join now. My bookie will match your first deposit with 100% bonus. Just use the promo code WARROOM to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid, period. All right. I wanted to jump right into this magic um, conversation, but we can't have a, a Magic Johnson conversation without Jimmy. And Jimmy is in the building, but I'm going to wait for him to, you know, put his bag down, get everything ready, you know. So while he's doing that, uh, just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Virginia, uh, who won the national championship over Texas Tech, and also to the Baylor women for winning uh, their national championship uh, over the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, Virginia, man, that game turned out to be much better than I expected it to be. The way it started off, I kind of thought, man, this game going to end up like 28-29. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then they're going to overtime. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was a pretty good game for all intents and purposes. And, and shout out to the homie, Ray Hunter. And when I say homie, I'm not saying that he is from Philadelphia, PA, um, friend central stand up. He was the best player on the floor, um, scoring 27 and nine rebounds in 44 minutes of action. And he's now able to call himself teammates, national champions. Did y'all enjoy that game? Yeah. Fall asleep. By the way, Dave, too much defense being played. Mine, but you, you breaking, you breaking up a little bit, but, um, all right. It, it, that, yeah, it, it started looking like it was um, going to be like a, a Detroit Pistons-San Antonio Spurs game um, from back in the looked day. Looked like a shot. Like a shot for the contract at the outset. Yeah. When, the, when the final score used to be like 22 to 20. No shots. <laughs> I don't want no smoke. Um, but it ended up being, like you said, it ended up being a pretty good game. I think it probably a lot of it looked like nerves because a lot of the players looked very nervous in the beginning of that game. Um, but, you know, they kind of got themselves together and, and they picked up on offense. And it was a pretty good game, and it was interesting to see Virginia finally finally do this. They had a good program over the last couple of years, but they always sold the farm. Um, yeah, they've had multiple number one seeds. I don't even think anybody took them seriously this season as a number one seed <laughs> after becoming, you know, the first number one seed to lose to a 16 last year. So nobody really took them seriously. You know, they got into the Final Four like they were supposed to do. And we were still like, yeah, how Virginia get here? But <laughs> great defensive team, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, shoot, salute to uh, Texas Tech because um, they're another good defensive team. And, and and watching them play in this tournament, I was very impressed because, you know, um, shout out to uh, our homie Bashir who used to keep, hold us down with the uh, college basketball. Um, he used to make me aware of players and teams, uh, but you know, he's doing something else now. But not watching a lot of college basketball, I didn't really know too much about their team. And right. when I started looking at people's brackets, I guess people that watch college basketball, a lot of people had them, you know, making it to the eight. I didn't have, I didn't see anybody having to make it that far. But 
and I was like, yo, they really can ball. Um, but it was a good game overall. But can I be completely honest about something, guys? It still, to me, felt a little bit like once Zion was out, the tournament was over. I ain't even gonna hold you. <laughs> it was it was the buzz. You know, it, it wasn't. It was a buzz around every Duke game just to see what you know Zion was gonna end up doing. I know a lot of people, especially his teammates, who are you know supposedly just as highly touted as he is. I know they feel some type of way about how people thought about that situation. Like he was the only must must see TV on the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, speaking of, R.J. Barrett has declared for the NBA draft. Um, Zion hasn't done it officially, but, I, you know, y'all know me. I keep saying FOH with all the drama. Like, mm-hmm. that loss didn't hurt that much. You've been going to the NBA in the 2019 draft since you were in, like, sixth grade. So, you know, <laughs> there's some people out there that's kind of, you know, they, they're kind of going for the drama. Like, oh, he, he might be going back, like, Dude ain't going back nowhere. No, he's not. <laughs> he declared for this draft like 12 years ago. Like, come on, Zion. Um, yeah. Anyway, the biggest news that would of the be week, like, man. I don't even oh, think ahead, Coach K would allow him to come back. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Him, like, man. don't believe the hype. Like, because that'd be a bad move. Um, you know, when you're when you're the overall number one pick and the, and the chance to get the biggest sneaker contract in history, all you can do from this point is go down. So what's the point? Of, you know what I mean? Like, you're lucky it's Coach K, because if it was Calipari, Calipari would have pushed him off the roof of the gym by now. Get out of here. Pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> he'd, have, Yo. he'd have pushed him off campus. He'd have met, you know what I mean? He'd have deactivated his uh, his meal card. Like, Yo, you got to roll. Yo, I just, I just want to send a salute to R.J. Barrett and a clip of them on Twitter, like in the car together, riding around um, banging that little Nas X. So they, they know what's popping. So I just want to send them a shout-out for that. They definitely do. And whose car was that? How much did it cost? I mean, I don't Zion know. I, I couldn't it? tell what kind of car was. R- RJ was driving, though. RJ was driving. Oh. Um, I about to say, did Zion's mom buy it with the money that Nike paid her? Oh, allegedly. Mm. But we'll talk about that in a little while mm. as well. <laughs> All right, man, the biggest news of the week, man, uh, Jimmy's Lakers are in the news again. So no matter what they do, the Lakers are going to stay in the news. We know that. But this time, it was Ray Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson at another impromptu press conference announcing why he has to roll. This time it wasn't due to sickness. Magic just wants to have fun. So Magic resigned as president of basketball operations from the Los Angeles Lakers. He had a long 40-minute rambling impromptu press conference where he said a lot of stuff that didn't make him look too good. And then he said a lot of stuff where I'm like, you know, I can totally understand where he's coming from being who he is. What did y'all think about this? Like, first of all, was it a shock, Jimmy, when you when you heard this, B? When you heard this, was it a shock? Yeah, because from everything I was reading, Absolutely. I was just waiting for him to fire everybody. Like, I heard right. that he was going to fire uh, Luke. He was going to fire Rob Lowe. And, you know, by, by, by <laughs> shout out to Rob Lowe Palenka. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, that's what I was. I, I was waiting for all that to go down, and then I, you know, I saw the news break in our group chat, and then I went to Twitter, and I was like, "Wow, um, interesting, interesting yeah. to see, though, man, how that whole thing played out." You know, what I'm saying he gave us a lot of memes, so uh, uh, you know, that was one good did. thing to come out of it. And and that was the the big that was the biggest deal of the whole thing. Um, you know, Magic kind of quitting. That's one thing, but the way it happened 
was a whole different set of circumstances because he fully admitted when the press conference started that my boss doesn't know that I'm standing here right now. I couldn't tell her, and he had been meeting with her for the past few days. And like Jimmy said, Luke Walton and the coaching staff probably had a lot to do with those meetings. And the speculation out there is that, you know, because we know Jeannie Buss had put her, you know, she basically put her support behind Luke Walton. Magic, if it was up to him, Luke Walton probably would have been gone by, you know, Christmas. <laughs> and But the speculation out there is, not exactly that she told him that he couldn't fire Luke Walton, but maybe he knows how strongly she feels about it. And, it and and with them being so close, he couldn't just go out there and do it because he knows how she would feel because she supposedly gave him full autonomy to make mm-hmm. all the decisions, all the basketball decisions in L.A. And there's a whole lot of other stuff that has been speculated and the stuff that Magic said. We'll get into that in a minute, but we want to – Hear what you got to say, B. What, what was your thought when you heard Magic calling another impromptu press conference, resigning from the Lakers? Um, <laughs> I, I think that there's such a there's a perception of who Magic Johnson is. Well, there's Magic Johnson, and then there's Irving, and I think that Irving, <laughs> it's kind of funny, man. Basketball operations means that you are hands-on, rolling your sleeves up, getting dirt under your nails. Magic Johnson has made a living off of being basically a brand ambassador, and he's made an amazing he's – he's put himself in a position to become a billionaire, if he's not already, off of being a brand ambassador. But he is not the guy to roll up sleeves and dig in, understand salary caps, understand the impact uh, of scouting, understand like all of those things that go into that role in that position. So a part and, of me, and, and even if he understands them, he ain't trying to do them. Here's the thing though. Here, here's the thing though. Like, so other teams uh, have presidents who don't understand the nuances of salary cap, but they usually hire someone who does. What I can say from this, um, and everybody knows, yeah, Rob Lowe. Lowe. But what I'm saying is, right, so everybody knows, um, um, you know, how I feel about Magic Paul's that, um, you know, for those who don't know, who has never read sports, the book, Magic was my favorite player, but it really had nothing to do with basketball. I grew up in a um, pro-black household, and I was told I could only root for the Sixers and Lakers because they played the white man's (laughs) team, which was um, Larry Bird. But anyway... (laughs) I mean that, that's a fact. That that that's how that's how I you know became a, a Lakers fan. No, but the thing is, every I, documentary, every book you read about the Celtics Lakers dynasty, that's kind of how the country was. You know what I'm saying? If you didn't, if you didn't necessarily have a dog in the fight, you jumped in the fight, and it had everything to do with Listen, the perception man, of race on both of those me, teams. Me coming, me coming into that in America. Like, I'll be I'll be very brief with this, but like, but I grew up with a father who was a member of the Nation of Islam and very pro-black. And he got me in the hoops because he was also a hoops head, and that's what he taught me. So as a kid, you know, Dev no chase like what you like. So I'm like, all right, so we, we was the black man. So with that being said, I grew up a huge Magic Johnson fan. But the one thing I can say is he was an epic failure as a president. Magic has literally failed at almost everything except for basketball and um, certain aspects of business. But I can still, I can still be objective and say. You brody the point that I was about to get to. He's failed yeah, at so much. He's failed at so much. It's it's crazy 
the the reputation of him, the smiling superstar, has gotten him paid seriously. But actually, when he's had to apply brain power, strategy, and 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 other stuff to making something work, yo, trash, trash as an announcer. I mean, trash as a coach. Somewhat, some, somewhat. But here's the thing, though. I wouldn't say that because what he did with the, with the brand of, of of movie theaters and Starbucks took a little brain power, even if that is hiring the right people to make you put your plays together. But what I can say is everything else surrounding basketball, because one of the things that I see when you see these great players, like um, even Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan is probably the worst owner. But the fact of the matter is a lot of these star, these star players, they want to hold people to their standards and, 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 and see things. That, I remember reading a story when Magic came to be a coach, and they said at the time, like, you know, People's like beepers were going off in meetings, and he would snap and try to like cut everybody because they carried their because he thought when you when it comes to basketball, everything else they could you know, yeah, go you just to have to be an all out so nerd. Some, so, some star players can't relate to like people that aren't willing to, um, you know, play at their level or look at the game the same way, they, they struggle with it. The only person I could say that probably had success was like Larry, but Isaiah Thomas was terrible, and he kept getting opportunities because of who he was, but at the same time. I wouldn't say everything, but I could say, like, the whole – first of all, to me, it's admirable to be like, yo, you know what, I'm going to try something. Because most of the greats that I know in every industry have failed. But the fact of the yeah, matter is – and that's the thing. And Magic has probably – as great of a businessman as he is, he's probably failed at many things before, but everything isn't on the front line of, you know, popular culture. Like, we get to watch everything he does as president of the Lakers, and, and to the point Jimmy made, even if Magic and a lot of his successful businesses hired people, you know, who were smart enough to do the job that he wanted and get the results that he wanted, in this situation, he really didn't have that opportunity because he kind of inherited Rob Palenka. He didn't hire yeah, him as the GM. GM. He was already there. And he's not that experienced. He came out of – he was an agent. So it's like and it here's two the thing. people knew it, what they were doing, trying to run a team, and it didn't work. He's been trying to fire Luke since, like, game two of the season. And my thing is – I'm like, hearing so now that he wanted to get rid of Rob, too, early. Yeah, on. so you, you, you put someone in charge, <laughs> yeah, but you also get him. So the thing is, he really wasn't even able to kind of run his programs, uh, so to speak. Um, right, because you can't so say me, that you're I, giving somebody full autonomy if the first thing you're doing – is not allowing him to bring in the people that to he thinks he autonomy. He got to work. With you. And I'm not. And I'm not giving Magic any excuses on this. I'm just saying, you know, you come in and and you're kind you're kind of strapped already because first, like, look, the, the second in command. I didn't hire this dude. I don't even know this dude. He spent the yeah. first year getting to know Rob Palenka, and then. You know, he had a young coach. Like, you bring Magic in, and you're expecting Magic to attract these high-profile free agents, and you got a coach that a lot of these high-profile free agents played in the league with. Like, he need, he, I'm sure he thought the whole time, like, I need something else. I need a coach that's going to get more respect because as soon as you brought in Magic, and then especially as soon as you brought in LeBron, it was no longer learning curve for Luke Walton. And I don't think Luke Walton is a bad coach or going to be a bad coach. He's just not ready for the expectations that suddenly I, popped up when you get a LeBron James on your team. And here's my thing. I'm, I'm a little different than you. I think Luke is a terrible coach, but I think Luke has the ability to someday be a good coach, but he does not that yet. Um, the one thing, the one thing I can say about it is also that, like, when it comes to like the like the brand of being Magic Johnson, 
like it's also a thing to fail. Like if I'm if I'm you know trying to do a real estate development, which he's also a real estate developer. If I fail at that, it's one thing. But if I fail as Magic Johnson running the Lakers and I leave right. Sports Center every night and people look at me see like it's crazy, that's also a little different. I don't think he's ever had to deal with being involved in uh, as as Katie called it this this toxicity, where like. The Lakers aren't in the playoffs, but they still lead sports. Before all this, all the talk was about the Lakers and their failure. Mm-hmm. Not used to have to dealing with that. You know what I'm saying? And I think the way I think the way he quit Jimmy will, you know, it'll be a knock on his reputation a little bit. But I think it's better to get out now before you know you preside over the Lakers. And, and Magic Johnson is the Lakers. Like Magic Magic Johnson is. Yeah. Mr. Laker, he's the most popular Laker of all time. This is his franchise, damn near. So it's like mm-hmm. before you get to a point where you're at the helm of this thing and it gets no better, and then all they're going to do later is talk about the moves that you made that kind of sunk the ship, I think the pressure tells him to get out now because from the moment he was 19 years old until now, he's been Mr. Laker. So I don't think yeah. he's willing to keep going in this direction and taking that kind of hit. And plus, you know, when people we kind of oh. made fun of it when Magic was like, "Look, man, I want to have fun." Like his life is different because, like B said, when we came, you know, in the open, he, he, he I don't know if he didn't know, but it really hit him. Like, yo, you got to be one of them all night nerds in your office, yeah, doing this, doing that, scouting, going over to places that nobody wants to go to. You got to do that for this job and magic. Like he wants to do stuff like the whole Ben Simmons thing was more serious than we thought because magic has been that mentor to everybody who's coming to the NBA. Who's asked for his big guard his, moves, his advice. And, and big, now anytime yeah, he talks guard, to another player is considered tampering. Right. right. And yeah, so that, that's thing, magic's right. way of pulling talent in magic's way of pulling talent is the way that he does a business deal which is at a very high level, and then let the underlings work out the details. So I'm going to get on TV. I'm going to say what I'm going to get with who I'm going to get with behind the scenes. This is what I want done. This is what I need done. Y'all figure out, you know, the pathway Yo. to it being a cop. And that, that did Magic not – that is not going to work in that role. Yo, Magic basically got on TV and said, yo, I'm, I'm quitting because they won't allow me to tamper. That's what he said. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> but at the same like, time, like I kind of believe Magic when he, I, I kind of believe that the interactions with him and other players wasn't necessarily tampering. Besides, you know what he said about no, Paul I, I'm George. Joking, but I, like, no, I'm I know joking, you're joking. You're right. I'm just saying I believe because a lot of people don't believe Magic when he says that. But if you watch Magic over the past thirty years, his personality is what he leads with. So yeah, Magic can't be loved, you know what I'm saying? Right, he's not allowed right. to go yeah. out there and be loved. I can't even speak to people from the other team. Like, that's that's just not his life. He, and it's just too much. Part, and, he, well, I say he enjoys being part of the of the greater NBA community. Right, he also the community said, and the culture. He also said, he also said <laughs> I want to be congratulate Russell Westbrook, and I'm not allowed to. Like, he was upset right. about not being yeah. allowed to congratulate Russell Westbrook on a great season, like. Because if he if, let me, if let he me congratulates ask, Russ, let me ask if he congratulates Russ B, me, and then for some reason Russ in a year wants to come home, it could be because Nipsey died or something. Russ want to come home, 
Then everybody going to draw that back to Magic, saying congratulations. Like, Magic, I told you he was tampering. Let me ask you all all this. When you look at the totality of the Lakers situation, right, so I'm fully prepared to take shots at Magic and make all sorts of EJ jokes and all of that. That That's definitely coming. <laughs> but when I examine this situation, I think that Magic has his fair share of culpability. But honestly, it's kind of small. Like, overall, I feel like Jeannie Buss and her brother are not able to do what Dr. Buss could do. They're not in touch with today's NBA I don't think Magic is in touch with today's NBA because they were counting on him being able to attract certain stars. And the, and the kids this, at this stage, they look at Magic like, yeah, he nice, he cool. All right, oh, hey, I'll bang with you. But I'm not making any decisions based on you and what you were in the league to come play for you. Like, so I think the Lakers are out of touch, and as long as they remain out of touch, their relevancy as a winning franchise has to be in question. And I don't I, – I, again, I, I definitely came to troll Jimmy and take shots at, at EJ, but at the end of the day, I don't even really think a lot of that is on Magic Johnson as much as it no, is yeah. on the bus family. <laughs> I mean, I think J.D. should have known from the door that Magic may not be great in this position just – they call themselves brothers and sisters. You should you should kind of know Magic is too out and about to be locked down in his office doing this job. But I think they were looking at the picture that you just drew, B. Like, they were looking at, oh, just having Magic as the face of the franchise will get people here. And the Lakers always have this kind of cocky thing when, when free agency rolls around. But yeah. how many times have we've act- have we actually seen the Lakers get the big free agent? I mean, they did. They they Shaq. pulled LeBron. Not even Shaq. Was it, but before that, like, like, was it Shaq? <laughs> yeah, it was Shaq. Here, here, like, real talk, like, it might have been Shaq, the last it's, big it's, free it's, agent it's, in his prime. And LeBron's not even in his yeah. prime. His, it's just that an older LeBron is still better than 99% Everybody of the league. Else. Yo, but yeah. here, here's the thing, <laughs> B. Austin. You made a great point. It is a lot of blame to go around. And I do think – but I don't even think it's a matter of not understanding, like, the today's NBA. I think it's a matter of – they're kind of I, – I get on teams at times for not being loyal to old players, but the Lakers are kind of the opposite where they're too loyal. So, like, you want to, like, have part of your Lakers family, quote-unquote, to be in there. So you put Magic at president. You put Kobe's right-hand man at GM because she still wants to keep, like, the Kobe tie. It's like they paid Kobe probably five or six seasons, like, max deals when he shouldn't have got Like, the Lakers are the opposite – like, I used to criticize the Sixers. Like, why Doc got to go to Orlando to get a gig? Like, I, I like yeah. when teams take care of their own, but, but damn, Lakers, they took it too far. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like, mean, they, first of all, you've seen this before. Magic already was the coach of the Lakers and quit after, like, 16 games. It was games. terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> I mean, well, you're just going to keep, keep going back to the well. Like, man, Magic is Magic. But he, he's, because he's the Lakers, the thing, man. Magic could come back in three years. And get another job with the Lakers just because he's magic. So, they feel like they owe him. And they kind of do. Magic is a they are. From what, what I'm hearing, there are. If I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, Magic is a serial quitter because he quit on the Lakers <laughs> before. He's quitting now. He quit on being a father. 
He wasn't a father to EJ. No. He's, he's a critic. Listen, what I'm saying, you, I'm what I'm saying shot. Is from, like, it's just shot thing. time. Like, we didn't already hire... had the conversation, Jimmy. It's time for shots. You you hire magic shot, to be shot, magic shot, and then be not shot. Yeah, you, you hire magic to be magic and then say, yo, but you can't be magic, though. We need you to go be Sam Hinkie. Like, that's not. Yeah, it's we not need who you to go do work for real so, this time. But, but here's like, the what? thing, though. What's from what time? I'm hearing, from what I'm hearing, there are several GMs who have success in this league that would love the Lakers job. Like, I heard, like, guys who have success in, like, San Antonio, Toronto, like, all these GMs would love the job, but they're never even given an opportunity because the Lakers want to keep hiring Laker people. Lakers, yeah. Never mind mind the great young talent that's in there. There's an old talent that's in L.A. that's already related to the franchise that would get them out of this mess, I believe. And that's that's the great logo. His old ass, but it's like for people. I don't know. I think people still leaning on that. Yeah. At some point, I, I, he's I gonna be too old to be in touch with the game as well, and you're gonna bring because, him in with high he, expectations, and it's gonna be the same situation. He gets credit for some of the stuff he don't even do no more. He's there, but he's right. not. But the, my point is this though. He had absolutely like nothing to do with that. Uh, with the with the Mark Gasol. Pau Gasol to the Lakers trade, but he gets all the credit for it. He wasn't even with the Grizzlies at, at that time. But, here's but people thing, still right? give him the credit for it. Here's the thing, Chris right? Wallace, whatever his name is, can't get no props. <laughs> Chris Wallace. Here's the thing, um, and I see this at a, at, a, at a smaller local level where I see, like, mom-and-pop businesses that have been around for, you know, 50 years, and mom-and-pop get old. And instead of, like, bringing in the best candidate, they automatically, like, want to keep it in the family. And then the family mm. runs it in the ground. Shout out to Ivy. Right. But the, but the fact the fact is, <laughs> um, the fact is, so it, it it happens all the time with small businesses, and you know what I mean. Like, but that's why when you see big companies that flourish forever, you find the best candidate. You still leave your kids equity, so you still eat off this. I was about to say, they can still run it. get paid. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But the problem you are, is, you already saw before this whole thing with Magic. You saw the bus children arguing and fighting over the team in public, and exactly like, was too much going on. You just, you just, Jeannie, you, just you know, she out here posing yeah. naked with with basketballs on her boobs. It's just, <laughs> it's too much going so on. So now you know, Yo. now you know what's about Yo. to happen. Now, I, I, now, I, I, now, I, now, now, to kill Jack, the rumor start. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was just about to go here, Jimmy. I give Jeannie the benefit of the doubt, I guess, compared to her brother. But I heard, I heard, she about to bring her boo back. Why would you bring Phil back? What? Yeah, I mean, and, and, what the hell and, and, is going on with the Lakers? And the coaching candidates, of course, Teron Liu, former Laker. Um, Luke Walton is in there now, former Laker. <laughs> Magic was left, former but Laker. Rob that's Palenka take, was the agent take... to the biggest former Laker besides Magic. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like they, <laughs> they take this, they too take much the loyalty the way too far. You got to have a balance uh, of loyalty, but also, but also, like try to put the right people in place, like. In the words of Jim Collins, you got to put the right people on the bus in order to succeed. And they just seem to want to keep everything in the family to the point where nothing will shock you now. They're gonna bring then I heard, um, I heard um, Juwan Howard is a is a candidate for coach. That's a LeBron move. LeBron had to get something. All right, y'all got to throw me a bone. Like I got to be able to yo, name yo, something. I, yo, Juwan, Juwan been putting work. Though. I ain't gonna front. Like Juwan been on somebody's sideline for like two decades. I think Juwan has been assistant coach longer than the player. 
He went right on to the to the coaching staff from Miami after he won a chip with LeBron and them. He he been chilling with Spo ever since. Y'all, y'all think LeBron? Y'all think LeBron cares? Y'all think LeBron cares that the Lakers trash, or he's just trying to get as many movie deals and production deals going as possible? Y'all think? I, mean, I don't think he cares as much as he's gonna verbalize that he cares. And the thing is, before Magic's press conference and all this stuff came out, you know, people were kind of blaming LeBron because a report came out earlier in the day that LeBron was kind of taken aback by something Magic said. Um, he said something like, I don't want this to turn into Cleveland all over again. So, you know, everybody thought that was fresh news. And then before this press conference, we found out that that happened early in the season. But LeBron's to their to their credit, you know how you know LeBron kind of gets the news comes out later when there's some adversity. So people are you know kind of saying, oh, well, LeBron played upset the whole season because he he didn't really like what Magic said. So they were kind of at odds, just making a story out of nothing. Um, kind of like you know after the finals last no, season, LeBron comes to the press conference with a with a with a wrap around his wrist, but. I never seen a dude with more excuses, Puzz. I never seen it, man. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> but no, you know. So they were supposed to, supposedly had gotten off to a bad start because of those comments. Um, but for a few minutes yesterday, I believe everybody thought those comments were brand new, and thought that they were beefing. So as soon as you heard that Magic was resigning, people was like, "Oh man, Brian got him up out of there." But I don't think you know. I it doesn't seem like, at least not LeBron the individual, doesn't seem like he had anything to do with this. It could be Bron the, the circus, the drama. That could have played a part into why Magic felt the pressure was, you know, why, why his pipes were bursting. Um, well, that's, that's absolutely, yeah, that's absolutely. Somebody, somebody Bron the circus combined with Bron the circus combined with Bron, combined with the Lakers' own circus, that that's extra circus. So that definitely that definitely played into it. I think that's what definitely played into it. Yeah. Uh, we got some uh callers on the line. We're gonna get to y'all in a second. Um somebody yeah, we we need somebody to handle those. But um yeah, it, it's it's a it's a crazy situation, man. Just some of the stuff that, that Magic said, um, it kinda had people scratching their heads. And and like Jimmy said, there was a great meme made out of this whole thing because Magic was talking about how, yeah, a lot of people in this hallway were talking to me about next year and all of that. Magic was, like, thinking to himself, like, I ain't going to be here next year. But, but that's kind of crazy. I ain't going to be here. But, but, what, but what did you think, Jimmy, about the fact that he did it like that, like not sitting down with Jeannie Buss but going straight to the media and just – Smacking her across so, the face with the news, the same time heard, he smacked all of us across the face. I heard what he said. He was like, "I didn't want to sit down with her because, like, I know her and our relationship, and she would have talked me into staying." But I'm like, "Dude, that's what text messages are for." So then I, like, I, I've been, I, I've been like, no, racking my don't. brain, like, I'm playing all the conspiracy theories in my head, and that's why when I heard the news that he wanted to get rid of Palenka, I'm like, and, and maybe she didn't want him to, and the reason she don't want him to is because she's also loyal to Kobe. Um, so I kind of felt to me that way, like, okay, so now he did this on purpose. So they you know how many rumors have grown, though, Jim? I heard that Jeannie Buss was messing with Rob Palenka now. 
That's what I heard. Oh, I ain't hear that one. Okay. Yeah. Rob, Lowe. Yeah. Rob Lowe really trying to eat. Rob Lowe trying to get his uh triple triple H on. But I um he's trying to level, he's trying like, to level okay, up. So, yeah, he's trying to level up. I, I but I was like, um, maybe maybe he's trying to make them answer. Now they have to answer certain questions. If he waits right. after the season is over and nobody's around, they don't have to answer questions. By doing it when the whole press is there, because there's a game still to be played, now you put the pre- you put the pressure on them to have to answer certain questions about what's going on with the franchise overall. I that's maybe that's that true, too. Because be he, he also mentioned um, he was tired of, like, the, the backstabbing and people talking behind his back. I heard also that that was an indirect bar at, Rob, at Rob Palenka. They said there was a lot of days in the office where Rob Palenka, like the running joke was he would come in and be all loud in the hallways, like, anybody seen Magic? Where's Magic? Basically trying to bring light to the fact that Magic was never in the office. So I heard that that bar was directed toward Rob Palenka, too. So he was trying to play Magic. So Rob got his eyes on his job, so he was backbiting. Help me out here and help me understand what Rob Palenka's role and value is as a GM. Like I didn't, I, what, what did they think they were getting in Rob Palenka? I mean, he's, one he's of the negotiated more deals, albeit from the other side. Yeah. So I guess you know he might be the math guy. You know, you never know. Listen, man, Kobe's—he's Kobe's man. That's what that is. It's not about what you yeah. know, it's who you know. He's Kobe's right hand <laughs> man. And, and it's not like he's a stranger to basketball. I don't know if you remember yeah. me, but he was a—he uh, was on the Fab Five. He just wasn't one of the Fab Five. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was a part of the yeah, Fab Fifteen. He was, he was part of the unfabulous Five. But, um, <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was on. He was a part of the other ten. <laughs> Yo, so he, Fab he, Five and the, the other thing, ten. Other it's uh-huh. also funny because what that makes you realize is like. Magic tried to run an entire organization from a Galaxy S10. Like he didn't even want to um, come in the office. <laughs> inside of in, like, yeah. Jimmy, inside of a Starbucks. <laughs> Magic is sitting in Starbucks in Spain. Like Rob, what you got for me today? Magic put his Starbucks. He put his phone. He put his phone in Dex mode and was like, "Let's go." Listen, man. Man, so Magic was tripping to begin with, man. Right. So, you, man, it's mm-hmm. to do. Larry Bird is the only one of these guys that seem to have figured, like, you know, uh, you know, and I, but also the one thing about Larry Bird is Larry Bird also had, like, um, what's the boy, Donnie Walsh with him the whole time, too. So Larry Bird put the right people around him. You know what I mean? Like, Donnie Walsh was a G himself. So he surrounded himself with people that, and, and that's what that's what great leaders do. Leaders are about it's not about necessarily what you know. You know, your, to your point about who and what Magic is personality wise, I think Larry Bird is the opposite. Larry Bird doesn't lead with personality. Larry Bird, outside of being recognized as a stone cold killer amongst his peers, he don't really want people around him. So I think he's built for being a an executive more so than, than a figurehead. Yeah, but also also I've heard people that played for him, like Jalen and a couple other people say that Larry Bird had full autonomy, but he had real full autonomy. Like if Larry Bird wanted to cut you after a game, he had the uh power to do so. Like it wasn't like wow, Larry Bird yeah. had to run it by Jeannie and all this. So that's the thing about Jeannie and her brother. They're still like still micromanaging. Like if I want to fire a coach, 
and I'm the president <laughs> of basketball operations, and you tell me no? You know how crazy right. that is? See, now that's the thing that they should be able to find out through a press conference. Yeah, Magic just fired the coach. <laughs> Not that he's leaving, but, yeah, Luke gone. Yeah. And you got to live with that. We got some callers on the line, man. We got the homie Court calling in, so we're going to holler at him, see what he got to say. Court, what's going on, man? You're in the war room. What's good? What's going on with you good brothers? Nothing much, man. Just hollering about yeah, Magic, absolutely man. fabulous. <laughs> Yeah, man, I've been, I've been giving a page of rest, man. There's too many Me Too males uh, in the world, you know what I mean? So I, <laughs> I, I had to get a page of rest. They, they almost turned my boy Dab against me, man, being so Me Too. It's just, you know, man, it's just uh, opinion. Man, turn me against nothing. You know me, I argue with everybody. So that ain't personal. Yeah. That'll never, that never happen. Yo, Court. Oh, yo, oh, court, oh, before, oh be honest, you and Jimmy. We, That's the thing. I haven't been able to argue we, with nobody since Court. Before we get into this, I just want to say to Jimmy, I don't mean any disrespect by saying this, but, yo, the Lakers seem eerily similar to the Dallas Cowboys. Like, they seem like the same organization. Almost. That ain't disrespect. Because to me, to me, I feel glad it worked. The Lakers seem more like the Kardashians than anything these days. <laughs> <laughs> I can see hey. that. I can see that. So Jimmy just took – Doing nothing and getting a lot of money to a whole new level. He went from Cowboys to Kardashians. What's up with Brian Shaw, though? What y'all take on that? How can they ever get Brian Shaw a look? That is crazy because if they if if there's if there's something they want to keep in the family, I'm wondering the same thing. Like, why hasn't Shaw gotten a chance? From all I hear, like, cause I can't speak on it because he's never been a head coach. But from what I hear. You know, he relates to the players a little better than a lot of the dudes that they end up hiring. And, you know, his basketball knowledge is, by all accounts, very good. So I've heard that name floated around a lot, too, and I don't know why they're not Yo, giving man, you the chance. Give Nick, give Nick Van Exel and Elton Campbell a chance, man. Sedale <laughs> <laughs> oh, 3 for GM. Yo, Nick Van Exel. But one thing I did want to say to one thing I wanted to say about Blueprint, I ain't, I ain't get a chance to tell you this. Uh, I'm kind of going back a little bit, but I barely get a chance to call, so I just want to get it all out while I'm here. I kind of felt bad for you, Blueprint, because I remember back when that Kaepernick stuff was going on, because I, I, I always listen to you guys' show, and I know you guys are a true blue Philadelphia Eagles fan, and you didn't really get a chance to really celebrate the way that I know you could have because you kind of fell back a little bit, you know, because after that Kaepernick stuff. Am I right? Uh-huh. Absolutely. And I was just, yeah, I was just thinking about that because I remember you said you was cool on football for a long time. And I was like, damn, they won a the championship. And Blueprint, they rock with him since he probably was a youngster. You couldn't really get the full celebration on because you kind of fell back from the NFL a little bit. Well, yeah, a little bit. But here's the thing, though. I, technically speaking, I'm a, I'm a Denver Broncos fan. But I do root for all the home teams because I like I like seeing um, young ladies flash their boobies at parades. But with that being said, I definitely would have. I, I definitely would have been. I would have been out there if not for the thing. But you know, everything happens for a reason. I actually, by me giving up football for like a couple of years, you know, and I talked about it on the show before. I got. I became like a lot more efficient in terms of doing other things. Um, so to me, it was actually like a good break. It was a well-needed break. I did watch. And I also, the, and also think, Court, that Jimmy gives himself some of the credit for the Eagles winning because. Absolutely. He feels like because he heard all the excitement going on around him, you know, during the Super Bowl, and he felt like if he would have turned it on, then it would have been bad karma. He hadn't worked. 
So, you know, he, by him keeping the TV so looked, off that I looked night. Out. I looked out. It, yeah, I looked it, out. He, it brought us home by, by him keeping the TV off that night. Because if he would have peeked in to see, like, what all the hoopla was about, then, you know, Tom Brady would have done his, did his, his cheat thing. That was for I you, Corby. Corby Cor- 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 killing Tom Brady, too. So that was that was for you. I, 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 I'm going to get on that. Uh, B. Austin, you gave me some uh, fuel to my fight. I'm going to tell you how, B. Austin, because when I was getting my Troll Delgary on, probably like about two months ago, and then I started saying, you know, I had to get some shares. And I started, I, I started saying, B. Austin sharing some of my stuff. So I was like, damn, B. Austin sharing my stuff. Let me get some more. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I, I see my boy B. Austin sharing my stuff. I'm like, hold on. My boy B. sharing this, so I ain't worried about these transmits. <laughs> no. He be, he be killing Tom Brady. Fred be mad. <laughs> Fred Purdue be mad as hell. You can't say nothing about I know you guys got more important calls. I just wanted to touch and let y'all know I'm, I'm always rock with y'all. I'm still a part of this show, still a part of the page, all that. I just been falling back for a while, man. But once the playoffs start, right. we're going to see the Greek freak do, though. We're going to see. <laughs> Greek freak versus Tatum. <laughs> Waiting for that matchup <laughs> to happen. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks for your call, Court, man. All right, good brothers. All right, peace. All right, peace, peace. Alright, now we uh let's go to one more. We got the homie Naj. He's been waiting down in uh GA. Naj, what's going on, good brother? Welcome to the war room. Hey, hey, hey man. Sometimes you gotta load up the chopper. Y'all been very nice today. I'm not gonna be that nice. Uh sometimes oh. legends have to die. Uh that's what it is. Uh first thing first, before we get to the, the, the big meal, uh Larry Bird is is similar, man. Uh he got a lot of credit for other people's work. Rick Carlisle and those guys who were sitting on the bench next to him earned him that Coach of the Year award. Donnie Walsh earned him that GM award that yeah, he got. Yeah, that's what I said. And with yeah, you can kind of see that okay. now because Rick Carlisle's a yeah, very yeah, good but, but coach. He, cele- he celebrated up. in a different way, though. When, when he's In reality, he was just out there being the legend, waving the hat. Uh, but we, we, know what that's, we know what after, that's about. Yeah, so it's not as bad as the Malice and Palace. Remember, they, they stocked that roster and made it look like the Indiana Hoosiers uh, when they wanted to get the white fan base back because the Malice and Palace cared them. And your boy did not rebuild them. So it, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. And as far as Zeke, as bad as Zeke was with the Caps, Zeke is a great talent evaluator. His scouting was top-notch, but he also did the same thing. He had other people coaching there. So it is what it is. Now let's get to Magic, Swerve and Irving. Y'all remember the wire? Y'all remember the senator, the the rainmaker, uh, aka Clay Davis. That is who Magic is. When things are going well, Magic steps in, <laughs> lays his brand on, on the table, and accepts all of the good good coverage that comes with it. And when things start to go bad, he walks away. Magic Johnson theaters. Look at all those gentrified areas that were happily gentrified because it was a black face doing it, going down to even this when he got his. It connected to the Dodgers for a while. When they needed that shot in the arm. Then it comes back to L.A., same thing. They needed that shot in the arm. Then when things started to go bad, hey, man, I want to get out of here. When 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 he and Jenny ran that coup on their horrible uh, brother for running the Lakers into the ground, who does she call? Magic, the fix-it man. He's coming in with her. They ran the coup, ran him up out of there, and now Jenny's running it bad. And, and, and let's be real, man, Rob Polinka, they thought they were going to get a strategic advantage because this dude was an agent. They didn't know that the other agents was going to collude against them to try to make they, sure they that, don't that even like that didn't dude. happen. <laughs> they so don't even like him. He caught them in a desperate spot and cashed out. 
Now let's talk about them trading uh, Zubac across the hall to the Clippers to bring back Mike Muscat. Like, they've been horrible. And a lot of the reason why they haven't been getting free agents is because of roster construction. The roster construction has been terrible, and that's why they couldn't get free agents, not necessarily, you know, all of the other stuff. And I got a conspiracy for y'all before I go. Let me let me know to uh, remind me to, to bring up the conspiracy. But when you get into Magic, though, dude, that, that's what it is. It's the same as Jay uh, when, when they wanted to move to Brooklyn and he got that little small share uh, uh, and acted like he was a, a And acted like he was the boss. That's because it's easy for Jay. Anything he say, everybody going to believe. Dude literally had a $250,000 share in the Nets. And people was like, Jay, the owner of the Nets. Like, come on, man. Right. I got a question. You got to give him credit for letting him win. He leveraged 0.5%. He leveraged 0.5% and then made more money by leveraging, you know, faking like he owned more. Yeah, yeah. You got what you got to do, man. Nah, that ambassador. Because you brought up, you brought up real estate development and the and the role that Magic plays in being uh, basically the coon or the nigga George that um, the yeah. money stands behind <laughs> in gentrifying in gentrifying these neighborhoods. And I I kind of think that there's something to that, even going as far as his as his daughter, EJ, being a part of that, because we all know in these major cities, that community is like they establish a beachhead in gentrification. Like they use <laughs> transgender these, and homo these, community. These are, th- these are the thoughts of B. Austin. I don't want no smoke. <laughs> I'm not saying that my mention everybody not a shot because he could have misgendered them. So it's a shot but not a shot. It's accurate. Oh my god. Not, not, you know do you think that there's something that, that to that in well, look, in I, magic's I, I commitment? Do I think there's something to that. I'll give you some proof of that. Go to Chicago, look up the Chicago Janitorial Services Union. It no longer exists. You know what company came in and broke that union up and now it's a ten dollar an hour job? Good old swerving urban. So when it comes to gentrification <laughs> And union busting and all the other things, the corporate ills that we talk about from other folks, when you put his face on it, you can get away with it. So, I mean, like, y'all can look that up. Black Agenda Report, Listen, they covered it years not, ago. Not, but, uh, I got a question really for y'all. I got a question for y'all, B. My question is not as deep as B. Austin's question. This is for all of y'all. Can anybody here explain the, the zoo back from Mike Muscala trade to me? Man. Can anybody, can anybody explain that? Like, was it an attempt, you know, because they did Magic and Rob, whoever was responsible for it, they put a bad team around LeBron to begin with. And, you know, I'm not just saying the names because some of those names worked in other places and other roles. But we said it a lot on this show when they were putting it together and some people were actually excited. I'm like, okay, the guys that they're picking up don't even fit with LeBron. We know LeBron needs shooters. He needs floor spacers so he can do his thing and kick out the shooters. Lance, Rondo, you know, Mike Beasley, like those aren't the guys to do that. So was Mike Muscala like a desperate attempt to get a a, a, a stretch four at the expense of some a center that they were very high on? Like, can somebody explain this to me? Hey, man, anytime you can trade a young asset instead of giving them a second rounder, which they probably would have expected from Mike Muscala, you got to do it, I guess. that 
that's the rationale <laughs> they were using. They like it, it makes no sense. I mean, did they, 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 they didn't the they didn't get any like cap relief from that or anything. Like, what the hell was the point? I don't get it. Here's what the point was. The what did they see from Mike Muscala the first half of the season in Philadelphia? That they coveted him when he came to the Stable Center. Like we gotta have Listen, him. I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you what Magic was thinking. He was Magic mad. was thinking. He was thinking. I ain't gonna be here. That's what he was thinking. Magic <laughs> 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 like, like I ain't gonna be here next year. Like, oh, I'm going. I just rubber stamp it. Uh, since I yep, ain't got all authority on Moose. Do whatever you want to do. Uh, yeah, I bet you two like a, 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 a kind of tantrum at a certain point. Right, right. Do whatever you want As to do. That's trade you want to make, make it. Now, now the conspiracy <clears throat> kind of ties into what y'all talking about. Let's say, uh, you know, kind of circa Joe Smith uh, under the table deal. Let's say CAA Lakers and New Orleans had a had a wink and a nod deal in place. Hey, we're gonna let uh, we're gonna let Randall walk over to you for nothing with the idea that later on you're going to trade us Anthony Davis. So we're going to sign all these dudes to one-year deals to make the trade possible just for cap space, and then we're going to make this Anthony Davis deal. Guess what? Ownership changes. Uh, the former wife of, uh, you know, the, the deceased uh, grifter in New Orleans dies. So she <laughs> takes over, and she says, I don't know nothing about no under-the-table deal. We're not trading you nothing. So CAA <laughs> tries to make it public to put pressure on New Orleans, and she still says, go spit. We're not trading you anything. And we're going to leak the details of what you're offering to even ruin the chemistry mm. on your team now just to let you know how we get there. So I, I uh-huh. think that conspiracy theory has never been addressed much, man, cause, but I think it has a little bit, a little bit of a, mm. I don't know, man, a little bit worth looking into. You know what I'm saying? Because how, how do you let Randall walk away? Like, why would you take probably the – Second or the first or second best asset you have, and let it walk away with the idea of, oh well, you know, we needed the cap space, huh? Right. So yeah, they, they didn't got rid of Randall. They they didn't got rid of D'Angelo. I mean, he probably needed a change of scenery, but they didn't send him over here, and they about to upset my sixes. Oh man, but, See, why <laughs> you remind me of that? Why you remind like, a 19-year-old that you got on the road rooming with Nick Young, and you trade right. him because he ain't a leader. Right. First of all, y'all put him in the room with Nick Swagless P. Like that's the first mistake. <laughs> we gonna have Nick yeah. mentor you and uh, like just, it, come on. Bro. It's all it's all Gilbert's no fault. Sense. It all goes back to Gilbert. But at the same uh, time, I see that dude shoot a jump shot, Gilbert's even though fault. it goes that's in good. a lot, and he might give Philly some problems in his first round, dude. I wouldn't believe in that dude either. That is the ugliest jumper that goes in. Like, I, I have no idea how that goes in. Like, D'Angelo Russell, like, that is that is some physics or something. That dude is a genius or something. The way that release looks, the fact that it goes in, I, I don't get it. But, yeah, man, that's starting good, to bother man. me, too. But. Man, look, we could get in on that dude. But, yeah, man, y'all hold it down. Good to hear y'all again, man. I got to go. All right, man, no in. doubt. Thanks for your call. We appreciate it. Alright, All right, we got we got nah, one more line. We got the homie Tobias calling in from out in Arizona. Tobias, what's going on? What's good, man? What's going on, fellas? Nothing much, man. What's happening? Just talking hey. magic, man. Hey, Just talking magic. Hey, I'm finna quit. Let's hey, I'm finna quit. We're talking disappearing acts. Hey, here's <laughs> the thing, all right. Hey, here's the thing, all right. I've been saying this for months. Remember all those people that was crowing when LeBron went to the Lakers. Oh, Dan Gilbert, screw LeBron. 
They didn't do nothing for him. Because Danny Gillen, number eight pick, the Colin Sexton pick for DeAndre Jordan. Or Kimba Walker, who never had a catch and shoot ever in his life. And uh, here's the thing. Cleveland built the team correctly around LeBron over the year. The problem is you're not going to get superstar wing players to join him because of his game. It's no fault against him, on him. So most likely those shooters, those snipers, are typically going to be role players. That's no fault against him. He's got to build a team. But, see, the Lakers were too stubborn and not trying to do that. If you will bring this guy in, you know he works best with veterans. Why are you still trying to jam young players down his throat? You know he works best with veterans. Yeah. It's I mean, then the veterans they brought in, they just didn't fit with LeBron. Yeah. Was to do. And, so. and so LeBron actually went to a worse situation. Because, yeah, people could knock that team last year, but it fit because they have shooters. They had people that could shoot. They were shooters and stuff. And Kevin Love, people hate on Kevin Love. He's the only guy I know that gets you 22 and 12 in the game. They still blame him for the loss. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but. Well, but, it really don't matter if if you're on a team with LeBron and you're not LeBron, you're getting blamed for the loss. So get used to it. Like, there's nothing new yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, here's the problem. Uh, they talking about, oh, stick with the family, all oh, looking in the past. The one person that they should be looking back to they want to hire is Jerry West. If you go stick to the past, get that guy. He has a clue on how to build a team. See, the Lakers' problem is that, and Rob gets mad at me about this. And Jerry West, like, 80, though? At some point, you got to give up hey, on that. But I'm talking about the role he's in now as a consultant. Only 80-year-old I'm hiring right now is Hubie Brown. <laughs> hey, hey, Hubie, Hubie's good at Mike. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but, the thing, but the thing is, is that you have to be honest with yourself as a franchise. You got to have a plan oh, instead you. of saying, hey, we're we going to find superstars and hope they fit. Yeah. I don't know, man. They're in, a, they're, in a, they're in a real crazy position right now. Like, I'm wondering who the candidates even, you know, are going to be to replace Magic. Or does Rob Palenka stand a chance of being promoted? Because in, <laughs> in his two years, like, what can he say to justify them moving him up? Like, he's going to be lucky if they bring in somebody else that doesn't force them to let them fire him. Like, he'll be lucky if that's the case, if he can keep his GM job. Here's what you do. You want to keep it in the family. You make Michael Thompson the president of basketball operations. (laughs) And then you get Clay. Then you get Clay. You get Clay. You know know, 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 the crazy part is, though? And then when Clay retires, you fire Michael Thompson and move on. You know what the crazy part is, though, about all this? I think what people don't get, they're trying to build a super team around LeBron in L.A., right? Here's the problem with super teams that people don't get. Most of those players come together, they're around the same age. (laughs) You know, the Golden State players around the same age, the Heat, the Big Three, Boston, uh, they're around the same age. They're around the same trajectory in their career. LeBron is still great, but he's on the back nine of his career. So you're going to have some guys here who are ascending players who are going to be ascending while LeBron's going down. So is that going to, and you got to find the right superstars who want to be a fit and want yeah, to take but that I mean, back But then if the you bring in people in LeBron's age bracket, nobody is as good at his age as he is. So, yeah, but I you think, know, it's, I don't it's just going to be a pipe dream full of names. 
I thought they thought bringing in LeBron would make the rest of the signings clutch. Don't even ask how. Um, <laughs> Bars. Because Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis was all but there. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, and he still wants to find a way to be there. But the thing is, if nobody wants to cooperate with the Lakers, and it seems like nobody really does, then even when he's able to go there on his own autonomy, you know, it's going to be – LeBron's going to be two years older than when they tried to get together in the first place. No, you're absolutely right. So it's like right, here's you're going to get the that, you're going to get the franchise, the great Laker franchise, passed on to you. But these dreams of championships, unless LeBron goes back into the hyperbaric chamber, and it, like it's just going to be uh. the, the hyper the hyperbalco chamber. Here's the thing, though. Let let Rich keep working his magic because uh. Because um, as, as my man Luca Brasi, Luca Brasi is behind the scenes right now working all kinds of deals that's going to have a, a huge impact on what happens. Like we don't mm-hmm. even see it yet. As clutch as clutch becomes bigger, things will become easier. And if y'all you know don't know who saying? that is, that's uh, Rich Paul. <laughs> that's Luca. Rich Paul yeah. said, "You don't sign my guy, we gonna pitch a fit." But uh, it's like here's no, the thing, and Jimmy sitting, and the, Jimmy sitting in the studio with a blunt tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, here's the crazy part about it. I think that, uh, like Luke Walton, for example, they could fire Luke Walton. Do I think he's a great, good coach? Not really. He should be coaching a team like the Memphis Grizzlies or something. Getting yeah. it, I mean, my, my thing with Luke is I don't know if he's a good coach or not, and I don't think he was given the opportunity to show that. You can't give somebody a job off having a great record with the Golden State Warriors when their coach went down for a while. They're still playing under that coach's system, that coach's ideology. That coach still talked to them every day. He practiced with them when they had a little bit of time to practice and his body wasn't aching. So it's like you gave Luke too much credit for a team that could have done that with any of those assistants that you put up there. So They did. They yeah. did it with Mike Brown that time. <laughs> yeah. right. So it's like you're doing too much. You're putting too much in the hands of of Luke Walton. But at the time, the Lakers were a rebuilding franchise, so it wasn't bad. But as soon as you bring in LeBron James, all of that gets accelerated. So you no longer have a coach that's learning the ropes. You need a coach that's ready to go or not even ready to go. You need a coach that's ready, that that can withstand the pressure of, shout out to Kevin Durant, the toxicity that's going to come along with LeBron being on the team. Man, like, Lou, 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 Teron Lou was new as well, but he'd been around, you know what I'm saying? He'd been around the, the organization. He'd been around LeBron. He kind of knew how to handle things, you know, and, and get he out of his way. Luke still and thinks he got some authority, he so he's trying to tell people what to do. Like, Luke Brown, like, needs to be coaching the Delaware Bluecoats. And you know what though no, Jimmy's <laughs> right that he should be cutting his teeth Like that you know And, uh, and, and no, like, I, I think it's, it's, it's the same with David Black though David Black got hired for a rebuilding team Then LeBron come in like I don't want him <laughs> You know it, it, I mean LeBron did the same t- thing to, He did the same thing to Spo but, I mean yeah. that team was just so good And Spo I think is A very good coach but they weren't Really willing to let him You know they weren't really willing to let him learn and show that he was a good coach. But with the three, the big three they had and the people that they put around them, that was another situation where they were going to be successful, whether or not that meant, you know, not six, not seven, not eight. They were going to be successful either way. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they wanted to get rid of him too. 
Yeah, and I, I know you guys got to run, but I got to yeah. change on this football topic real quick. Uh, yeah, I react, tell Nick, we do got to run. Hey, <laughs> hey, someone tell Nick Bosa, stick, hey, you ain't got to delete your tweets. Be a man. Leave them up there. You support Trump. You support Trump. If you didn't like the black stuff, hey, say it. Own it, you know. Hey, not that draft and paycheck time you don't support Trump. You hey, do all that hey, I'll say this. Hey, <laughs> you do that after you get your check. Hey, ask the black folks of San Francisco how liberal, progressive San Francisco is. That's all I got, fellas. Take it easy. Uh, Shout out to Kamala. All right, real real quick, because, you know, we talked about, of course, we talked about magic way longer than we were supposed to. But real quick, did any of you guys – I know you did, Jimmy, um, but I was going to ask about the – the Kyle Corver piece in the Players Tribune, where he basically was copping to his white privilege as an NBA basketball player, and it all stemmed from the whole situation with Russell Westbrook and the fan, you know, in Utah, where Kyle Corver currently plays. That situation kind of made him think about when he and Tabo were on the same team, and they were in New York, and Tabo got beat up by the cops, and Kyle kind of was like he admitted in this piece that his first thought, and he and Tybo were good friends at the time, not just teammates. His first thought was when he heard about what happened, he was like, what the hell was Tybo doing out on a set, you know, on a back-to-back when we just got into town? You know, what is he doing out that late? Not thinking, you know, why are the cops ah. beating up Tybo Cephalosha? I'm pretty sure he didn't do anything to get beat up. And he admitted that his feelings on it. He was very candid in this in this piece, and I kind of wanted to give him props for that. But it's something that white players, not just white players, that white people need to take a look at and, and realize that everything is deeper than what they see on the surface, and sometimes they have to put themselves in the shoes of other people if they're willing to admit the treatment of other people are different. You know what so, I'm saying? To, to come up with the so stuff that Kyle you, Corver came up with. What did y'all think about that piece? So what I so what I appreciate real, real quick, Jimmy. What I appreciate about Kyle Corver, when I give him props, is the empathy and compassion that it took as a human being to arrive at that, that the conclusions that he arrived at, and take on personal accountability for his own his own humanity being laced with the culture of white supremacy. And I really respect what he did. But what you just said there is an expectation that human beings, our current condition in, in this country, will be empathetic and compassionate and understanding of others. Man, listen, that's not, that, doesn't, that doesn't jive with doing it for the gram, man. So yeah. <laughs> it ain't going to go down. But oh, we respect to him. <laughs> absolutely. Respect, respect uh, to him for, 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 for stepping out and taking, taking that on more players, more athletes, more entertainers in his position should do that. And, and I wish to see that, but we are all in this country, in Western civilization, subject to the machinations of white supremacy as a culture. No one escapes it. No one. Yo, first of all, I just got <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Skyview in the chat room. He said breaking news. 
Mike Brown interviewing for Lakers president of basketball operations. It's a wrap. <laughs> Yo, if Mike Brown get an interview. <laughs> Mike, you know Mike Brown. Mike Brown do not leave interviews without the job. Not at all. Mike Yo, Brown got his power. I think he's joking. Out. I hope he's joking. And I know Jimmy Ortiz's joking. If Boy get the job, it's definitely a wrap. Mike Brown got the PowerPoint out. He got his multiple regression analysis. He's he's going yeah. through he's going through his slides right now. He ain't Yo, that Mike room. Brown, Jimmy um, goes into interviews like those teams were when LeBron was a free agent the first time. <laughs> That's how he go into an interview. Yo, yeah, that would man. be crazy. Um, but Jimmy, what's your Cal Corbett thoughts? In terms of the whole, Kyle, I read the whole thing. Um, he was very honest in it, which was shocking to me. And I said that I was like, I don't know how to be honest, but he's very honest. I think in it. Jimmy and I, um, he was so honest, we found it hilarious that he was being that honest. Yeah, we started laughing at it because he was saying some stuff like, like "Damn, Kyle, <laughs> I wouldn't have said that." <laughs> yeah, but but at the same time though, I so it's two it's two parts to this for me at least. Um, you know, salute to him for for finally recognizing and showing the empathy. But also, I think about the fact that, like, you are a white man in a black man's sport, and it also took you 20 years to come to this conclusion. So I don't know if it just, it's just a sign of the time we're in now where it's okay to talk about it, and it just wasn't a thing that was talked about in the locker room at all. And now because of what's going on in our political climate and the world in general, that people are having more of the conversations. So it finally got to him. Or, or maybe Kyle Corbin retiring eye. soon and just wanted some extra points going yeah, up. Did he just turn the blind <laughs> eye and was like, forget it? Or was it his time in Atlanta and he got around some peaches that kind of like, you know, you know, I mean, shot the dirt, um, you know, changed his whole his whole worldview. Like maybe that was it. Like I don't know what it was. But it, some of them sweet peaches. It looks like it looked like one of them Georgia peaches got got up and you know what I mean stood up in Kyle and, you know, got him thinking and, and showing empathy and recognizing what's really going on. Because, um, I mean, you're you're around these people. You probably call them your brother. That like, he, Kyle Corbett hasn't been in the league at least, what, 15 years at this point? Yeah, Kyle Corbett, yeah, he is, he is super and I know at this point. And I know he played at Creighton, so he probably didn't have that experience at Creighton because it, it was probably all probably looked like him. But once you get into the NBA, and then he grow up in like Iowa or something stupid like that. Oh no, he was born. Yeah, in so therefore, yeah. you 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 play, you play with Bubba Chuck. Like you you come on man. Like you you didn't roll with Crusade. What's popping man? Like you you just just now recognize what's going on in our culture and and and, and these things. But but here's the thing. Well, with that with, said, with Bubba he Chuck, he probably he probably thought the same way though. He probably every time Iverson got arrested, he probably like well. He did have a, a joint in the car. And like he probably, also, he probably was justifying yeah, it all. But, probably, but also to to his credit, though, it also shows a little bit of growth because even if he is just coming coming to this realization, at least he is growing as a person. Because I don't have the same thoughts now that I did when I was twenty, because um, it comes through experience and, and understanding. So you know, I don't want to slam to the ball because he didn't have to be. He could have just shut up and you know said this in the private. But he put himself out there to be critiqued. Because, you know, MAGA wasn't enjoying this at all. Yeah, not at all. And Kyle Corbett, yeah, he's been in the league for a minute. He's been in the league since 03, 04. Um, so, yeah. He, Man. <laughs> Kyle Corbett, our old head in this league. And like, and like he said, he yeah. took responsibility saying, you know, I'm one of the more popular white players in this league. And, uh, you know, it's just a lot of stuff that I would just turn a blind eye to and – 
you know, I, I just can't do that anymore. So, I mean, and he he made a lot of great points because he was like, you know, being as though I look like he didn't use this term, but he was like being as though I look like the oppressor. You know what I'm saying? I can it could still be a situation where I care now, and if the heat got too too hot, like he could just go back to turning the blind eye to it. He could just fade into the bushes like Homer Simpson, and nobody's gonna notice. So it, it was a, it was a good piece, man. So um, if you haven't read it, it's on the uh, Players Tribune site. Go check that out. It was uh kind of deep. Um, real quick, stat of the week, and we're probably just gonna skip the grind joints because it's hoops. It's hoops night. Um, stat of the week, Jamal Crawford. The other night, he yes, uh, against, against Dirk and the Mavs in Dirk's last home game, Jamal Crawford tried to steal his show, and Dirk told him about it in the post-game ceremony. Um, he became the oldest player at 39 to score 50 points in a game. Michael Jordan held the record at 38 years old in some months. He also became the first person to score to have a game of at least 50 points with four different franchises. So uh, Jamal Crawford's still out there balling. Most likely he's still out there auditioning because he, he seemed like the type of dude that don't want to quit. And y'all saw how long nah, he not it took going. him. To, see how long it took him to get a contract this year. So Jamal had to wait to the last game of the season and be like, yo, I still want to come back next year. So uh, take a look at Yeah. Yo, Jamal dropped thing, fifty, man. and he's eleven. He dropped fifty, and he's eleven years short of fifty. Yo, <laughs> Yo I know nuts. one thing. Dirk, Dirk was trying to go out, and Jamal was like, "Man, hold my beer. Watch this." Because he, <laughs> <laughs> he definitely. You know what the thing was? He was going out of his way to get the ball and shoot. Like he didn't care about no Dirk. <laughs> and Dirk <laughs> had like, thirty. Took Dirk out. like sixty-seven shots to get his thirty, but. <laughs> He was like, oh, you, oh, you going oh, you gonna give me this platform? Watch this. <laughs> right. He's like, I know everybody watching. Yeah. So, shout out to 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 Molly Crossover, man. And real quick, uh, some birthday shout outs before we move on to some real more quick, NBA oh, yeah, talk. Question. Real, real, real quick, uh-huh. man, real quick, because I know that we jo- we joked about it one time, but is the Sixth Man of the Year award named after anybody at this point? Um, Jamal Crawford. I didn't, I didn't think it was, but I saw a clip one time when he was getting it, and the dude said the Jamal Crawford six man. I think he was joking, but yeah, he at was some joking. point he they're gonna joking. have to. At some point they're gonna have to give yeah, it to him and Lou Will, because if Lou Will yeah, wins it to... this year, which he, you know, no doubt that he should, and we'll give our awards in just a few minutes. If he wins it again this year, he's going to join Jamal Crawford as the only three-time winners of the award. So you're going to have to name it after one yeah. of them. Lou's coming back again, and so he might end up getting it <laughs> four or five times. Yo, so, shout, um, out to, shout out to Lou Willville. Shout out to Jamal Crawford. Both got better stats than Manu. But that's either here nor there. <laughs> they should have um, Jimmy State killing Manu. Um, but hey, yo, but for real, for real, you look at the, the three of them dudes, like – they're probably the three. Well, I'm not gonna say the three best, but of this generation, the three best six men. Yeah, be awesome. Of did this you, generation, did you know that Manu, throw in throw in Lamar know, Odom. Be awesome. Did you know that Manu Ginobili averaged like thirteen three and two? <laughs> yeah, I, I I knew that. I knew I got into okay. I got into a, I've gotten into two arguments. One was for Manu, and one was against. And the argument for 
I was kind of like, you can get into both. Justifying you can get into both. Him. I know I can. I was, yeah, I was kind of justifying him going to the hall, and I went to look at his numbers, Jimmy. I was like, "Yo, no, man, yeah. no." But, but nah, I've, I've come to I've I've come to an epiphany lately. B, I'm I'm no longer doing that. Like when we when we talk about Hall of Fame, I'm no longer just using NBA numbers because on one hand, I'm always telling people like, "Well, it's not the NBA Hall of Fame," but then the first thing I do is go to somebody's NBA numbers and say FOH. Um, I'm I'm not even on that Joe Dumar stance anymore because he brought a whole lot more to the game than what he did offensively. I think it's the same for Manu. Even though I've never in my life even gotten into an argument justifying Manu for the Hall because I don't even know how I feel about that. I just justify Manu as a great player who was, you know, pivotal to what the Spurs were doing. And, you know, with his 13, whatever stats that Jimmy be throwing out there, he also played very good defense. He wasn't a Joe Dumar Here's lockdown thing, dude, I, I but love, he was an effort dude. I love, dude. I love pissing Vado, Jimmy, but at the same time, Jimmy, I, I think know. I know Jimmy, where Jimmy, be, I think I know just, just like a, a term that court, Jimmy Paul, he reminded us of that I'm we used to say, troll duggery be real. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, sit, I, do, I, do, I do sit around and bake troll house cookies at times. But at the same time, <laughs> here's the one thing I can tell you. Uh, I can tell you without the shadow of a doubt. I have never, in my entire life, was like, "Yo, I got to cut this game on to see what Manu's going to do tonight." Like I have cut on the game to see what Molly Crawford going to do. I, I kind of have, have game though. I got like, like I've never. I, 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 I have Jimmy. Your man, you, your you man. Hate. I was about to say your man. Uh, Jimmy, you hating a little man. Yeah, he used to play. He used to do, and I know this is going to turn off a lot of our listeners, Mine used to do some black stuff on the court. And I used to enjoy it. No, I ain't even going to front on no, that. No, but listen, <laughs> listen, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I didn't really come to, cut on to watch the Spurs play. Like, I, yeah, I, that's, that's true, too. But that's, what I, but that's what I was telling you the other day in the chat, though. Manu was the most exciting player on the Spurs for his tenure. So it's like if I was watching the Spurs, it wasn't for Tim Duncan. I'm trying to see what Manu going to do. I'm trying to see Tony Parker lay some dudes up. It was Manu and Tony. Manu made a lot of bad shots. So the fact of the matter is, like, you Oh, yeah, he made a lot of terrible shots. As I said, Manu did a lot of playground-ish on the court. Manu was an Argentinian playground player. That's what I dug about him. He still ain't better than Crawford, but that's either here or there, man. I'm, I'm taking Molly uh, Crawford. Offensively, ten times out of ten. Yo, I think you hate a little bit. It's a lot of Hall of Famers that ain't better than Crawford. <laughs> yeah, Crawford, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, though, gonna, Crawford not even gonna try to guard you back though. So, <laughs> yo, yo, defensively, defensively, and I'm I'm a hypocrite for this. I'll be honest. Jamal Crawford is one of my favorite players, and I do be arguing about you should you have to defend. Jamal Crawford has not defended probably since last century. It might, it might be awesome like for probably. They don't count that. They count points. <laughs> they count points. At yeah, this yeah. <laughs> Yo. All right, man. Um, real quick, man. Bert, shout out, uh, birthday shout out to the homie Mark Teixeira, uh, formerly of the, the Jankies. Um, he turns 39 today. And another baseball um, birthday shout out, uh, Trot Nixon is now 45 years old. So I just want to get those two baseball homies uh, War Room salute on their birthdays. Before we move on My to some birthday. more NBA Yay. stuff, y'all can check out our website at warroomsports.com. While you're there, do your thing. Check out the site. Read all of our articles. Just just look around. Don't be lazy. 
But if you want to call in and speak with us about NBA topics, dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. And, Jimmy, before you get into, you know, the, the topic topics with the awards and stuff, I do want to bring up one thing. Did you all see the, the shirt that Anthony Davis wore to the final game in, in New Orleans uh, last night? Yeah. And it said, that's all folks on yeah. it. Troll duggery, pettiness to his highest extent. And I think yeah. I would be cool with it if you owned it. But he comes out talking about, oh, I don't dress myself. Somebody lays out my clothes for me, and I just wear what they laid out. Come on, Anthony Davis. You man. big dumbass young boy. Like, like I, saw, I saw a headline today. I, I don't know who it was. I'm assuming it was Deadspin because they're always killing people. But it was like Anthony Davis is the worst NBA villain of all time. Like, he can't even yeah, play the villain, he's right? Definitely, he's definitely um, took us to the troll booth. He he's right. one of these guys that. But like, you rather play he, yourself, he, Jimmy, and tell us that you don't dress yourself. Like come on. Because part he's like part of the villain. He's a dude. He doesn't like He doesn't he doesn't know how to deal with people like being mad or not liking him. Like he's one of those right. guys. Like, and my advice to be with to him if I ever got to talk to that, him would be like, listen, man, no matter what that's you do, you're gonna piss off fifty percent of the people. Yeah, exactly. No matter yeah. what you do. Because that's no how LeBron was his first year in Miami. He didn't know how to handle being the villain. And then Listen, the second year, he said, F it. He just went out and killed the league and won no, a chip. I've never seen anybody who didn't have people that hate them outside of St. Nip. Um, right. You know, all praises to St. Nip. <laughs> outside of St. Nip, everybody I mean, got somebody to hate him. Cause, I mean, St. Nip everybody. obviously had one dude that hated him, but the rest of the world. And hey, how about that? Damn, good point. Yeah. And the one dude was way too powerful over his life. Yeah, like. Even Rest in power, saying that. Excuse my language. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, man. Yeah, man. All right, so, yeah, let's, let's get into it, man. It's Anthony time, Davis, it's you talk about the NBA. You don't play yourself. <laughs> I don't dress <laughs> myself. I'm a baby. Yeah, you're a clown. Like, that's your comeback? <laughs> Yo, first of all, I'm a grown man, so I don't dress myself. Anyway, I'd man, rather just I'd rather him just said it was a joke than say I don't dress myself. And the, anyway, he said such and such lays out my clothes. He named a dude. He said yo. some dude <laughs> name lays out my clothes. Yo, yo, like, he said something like I forgot the name, but it was some like some nickname involved. He like Big Mark lays out my clothes, and I just wear. Yo, it. Can't be that name. That name sounds worse. It can't be Big anybody. It was yo, I, I swear I it was Big something. I'm gonna look it up yo, by you. By you. Are you doing that? Yo, real quick though. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say delicious lay out my clothes, and then I just went. Yo, <laughs> yo, come on, man! I didn't want him on a Lakers no more, man. Yo, um, <laughs> the NBA rep is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technology. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, if you do, DigitalExtremeTech.com, or you call two six seven. Two zero five four two zero three. You got to get you a custom website. It's twenty nineteen. You got to do business. Two six seven two zero five four two zero three. Tony Warren Sports Center, and you shall get the hookup. But it's time to talk about this thing of ours. And the first thing we always do is we got to talk about the players of the week: Kimba Walker and my man Russ. 
Well, Kemba Walker is the player of the week after falling short in his bid for that eighth seed in the East. Um, He averaged 34.8 points per game, 6.3 assists, 5.5 rebounds, while leading Charlotte to a 3-1 week um, last week. But, you know, going into this week, they needed a lot of things to go their way, so it was too little too late. Uh, Russ West, he averaged 22.17 assists and 12.7 rebounds in a 3-0 and week with the Thunder. They went into that week with like a, a five, six-game stretch that the way they've been playing, everybody thought they were just going to drop everything. And and they won like, you know, maybe five straight to to end the season, and they actually moved, in my opinion, to a better seed because they get to play the Trailblazers now. I'm not saying that the Trailblazers are easy, but it's better than when they were sitting down in eighth and was about to be food for um, – Golden State. So shout out to Russ West, uh, PG-13, the little run they made to get out of that hell spot. Um, and Kemba, we see you next season, probably in another jersey. Holla. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? Probably I, not I, in the playoffs. I, I think about that. I wonder if Kemba is just going to make them. You, you don't think that uh, the Bobcats are offering him a max? Or super max? Oh, they, the, the Bobcats are going to offer him like half the team, but you know. Like Kemba seemed like the type yeah. of dude who might take it though. <laughs> Kemba like give me that money. Yeah, like yo. Because Kemba yeah, might think like this, Jimmy. I'm like yo, I didn't come into the league expecting to ever be offered this kind of money. So Kemba might take it. Exactly. I ain't gonna be mad at him if he I does. Think, I think Kemba might be like, look, y'all can play for the rings all y'all want to. I'm about to take this to Hunter. Winning Coney. Yo, anyway, those are the players of the week. Um, we got to talk about uh, Dirk and D-Wade um, having their finale. Yeah, two-night Um Dirk, up until the last minute, um, still was trying to hold out hope that he can come back and run, but the team was giving Yo. him every hint known to man. Yo, Jim, Dirk did not announce. He did not announce his retirement until maybe 12 minutes in, maybe even more, because that was the longest – Retirement ceremony I've ever seen, and it was after the game. So they had a, you know, yeah. football, you know, they play, they play in a, you know, central market. So the games are a little bit like an hour later than the games over here, anyway. So they waited till after the game, where it was probably after eleven o'clock Eastern time, to have a ceremony that lasted like another thirty minutes, because you know Cuban had to do it big. He had all kinds of graphics on the court and all kinds of stuff happening and birds flying and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And Cuban, Dirk, Cuban, Cuban Dirk didn't get to speak until like 20 minutes into all of this blumpkin. And and then it was another three minutes into his own speech that he actually said, this is my last like, Well, you guys know this, 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 is, this is my last game. That was the first time Dirk ever said anything about retiring. They kind of like pushed him out, like Dirk. We need you to go, so we're just gonna do yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, Dirk. Like you whether you tell us it's okay or not, we're just gonna do this. But now nah, it, it was Cuban a cool ceremony, the, but it was long as hell. Mark Cuban set the bar high. Like, what you gonna do when he goes to the Hall of Fame or he gets his jersey retired? Like, I yo, did you hear Dirk that, say like, that to him though? Dirk was like, I think he said that. He's like, Dirk was like, what you gonna do for my jersey retirement ceremony? Like, this is yeah, crazy. Yeah, you gonna like, you gonna like give him a concubine or something? Like, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> So Mark Cuban, yeah. Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban Trump laying at half court. 
Yo, Dirk, he went and got Dirk's favorite players uh, to come out and say some words about Dirk, which is funny, right? Yeah, his so Dirk's inspiration. favorite players coming up were Charles Barkley, Scottie Pippen, uh, Sean Kemp, Larry Bird, and it was one of the – who was a foreign guy? Detlef Shrimp. That was just the German Shrimp. connection. Detlef Shrimp. Yeah, yeah Detlef Shrimp. So those were Dirk's favorite players. Only two of them dudes even played them, halfway like Dirk. <laughs> Yo, and that's the thing. First of all, I was thinking of like Sean Kemp because, like, Dirk was a Sean Kemp fan. They have nothing in common in terms of their game. Nothing. Yeah, Sean, no, Kemp actually, Sean Kemp actually looked lost out there. Like, everybody else, like, Charles Barkley had a Dirk story. Like, you know, he sounded Kemp lost, really too. Didn't have any story. Like, Sean Kemp was like, yeah, you, you did good. You played well. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> Yo, sure. like, he really Yo Sean Kemp just bit off what everybody else said. Yeah, like he said that. And then said, <laughs> yeah, you did good. <laughs> Joe Kemp was like, yo, how'd they even get my number? Like, Joe Kemp, like, Kemp was like, yo, my, my cell phone got cut off. This is a new number. How'd they get yo. that? He's like, like, you did good. You made, you made the game good. Like, you know, that was, that was cool. I'm out. I'm like, yo. That's exactly what he said, too. He was like, yeah, like Larry said, the game, you made the game better than you found it. You did good. And pointed at him. Yeah. Like, he pointed at people after he dunked on him. You did good. <laughs> so, you know, Barkley had a story. He's always, he's told this story all the time about Dirk, so I've heard it a million times. And um, yeah, and Detlef right, has a connection on. and start yeah. speaking at, start talking that German talk out there. But I, I thought that was dope, though, to find, like, because, you know, it also didn't have, like, the favorite players. Like, you know, everybody would have said, you know, Mike and Magic or whatever. He did have Larry out there. So, you know. You think? You know that yeah, connection. but how much, what was his appearance fee? You know, Mark Cuban had to grease I know Larry probably charged Cuban. To at least get Larry, Larry out there. Larry probably charged Cuban. Yeah, Larry seemed like he above all this. Larry, like, first of all, I don't Kemp know got... you, cuz. <laughs> like, yo, you yo, just compared to me, I but I don't Sean, know you, man. Larry got Sean way Kemp too much pride to do supreme. Kemp was out there looking like so for real. But anyway. Um, yo, did he have on, like, a leather suit or something like that? Yeah, he had, like, a leather, he had a leather joint with fringes on it. He still had a fringe leather jacket. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> <laughs> told you that's the last thing he could afford. He had that yo. when he was playing. Yo, so um, salute to Dirk. Now, D-Wade, on the other hand, his joint was mad emotional, man. It had a crip up in the crib crying, man. Like, he had yeah. a son. His son actually announced him out in the joint. Like, D-Wade was but drawing all week. At least they did it before commercial. the game. Like, they didn't keep you after the game till midnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, the, the, but so that was his, uh, reti- his last home game. He played again last night, and the whole Banana Boat crew showed up in full force. Yeah, and uh, Brooklyn. Yep, you had Brown on the sideline. You had he 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 had was Chris Chris Paul was there. Yeah, the whole the whole crew like Jimmy said. The whole banana boat crew. Even Melo and Melo was his last jersey swap. And that's the thing. I didn't wait to see that. I heard that. But what jersey did Melo swap with? What jersey? He gave him a shirt that said Melo on it, bro. Like, Melo, my man, but, but you, know, you know how we are here in the war room, man. Everybody gonna get these joke hands, like. three point contest jersey. Yo, yo, that joke didn't even have a number. It was, it was just red. Yo, competing in a three point contest with a white tee on. That's how they, that's how they do you when you pro black, man. They put my man Craig Hodges in a three point contest with a white tee, a dirty beater. 
But anyway, um, <laughs> so, so D Wade's ceremony was like, it, you know, it was just dope to see with his son, um, and, and all that. But uh, salute to them, man. Salute to the two legends. They're gone. Yo, his son like the same height as D Wade now. We well, end up being crazy. Yeah, he might have been, especially with the hair. Might be a couple inches taller with the hair. Yeah, so we'll see. Coming for you, that, D. Man. He got another son that I ain't gonna say nothing about, but you know, what would the, the, uh, okay. yeah. yeah, we're not gonna speak <laughs> yeah, on that. I, I, about that. I ain't talking about that, man. We leave that alone, man. Another thing, <laughs> another thing happened. You talking about Little Zion, man? Yo, I um, will say this: D Wade did his nails black for a long time. Listen, um, yeah. at the NBA, um, had a player poll, and they asked several questions such as most most uh. Underrated, most overrated. Um, some of it was shocking, but then you found out how many people were actually polled. wasn't that many. But I still found it shocking though that um, Russell Westbrook was voted one of the most overrated players. Yeah, I, I don't find it shocking. You know why? Because players, just like people in the media, for I'm not even going to give them the the honor of calling them subjective. Like players. They do this with their feelings, just like people in the media. When you see somebody who should have been in the Hall of Fame, but the media was like, I don't like how he used to talk to us, so we're going to make him wait 16 ballots. Russell Westbrook gets under the skin of a lot of dudes that he plays with, you know, plays against. So I, I, don't, I don't see, you know, and everybody, they're in the same generation of fans that's trying to diminish the, the you know, the value of what he's done three seasons in a row with the triple doubles, um, which I think is the most unfair thing in the world because, I, I repeat, you would ask any basketball fan five, ten years ago, what is the feat in basketball that will probably never be duplicated? Everybody would say triple double for a whole season. They would say that before saying 100 points. Probably because by that time Kobe had already scored 81, so they figured somebody might do it one day. But now that he's done it three seasons in a row, everybody acting like, "Oh, it's no big deal." Like, oh, that's corny, right there. <laughs> Yo, Yo. Um, real quick, Melo actually gave him an orangeman jersey. Yo, I probably want to dare you. No. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't really want to. I don't want that. Uh, anyway, all right, so. I got yeah. some of the um the results of this uh poll Jimmy was talking about. Okay. And I'll tell you okay. each category I'll tell you how many people voted because everybody didn't vote in every category, so a lot of people was abstaining probably out of uh, you know, being cowards. Um, who's the M V P? hundred and twenty two players voted and they got James Harden forty four percent, uh Giannis at thirty eight percent, and then you got Paul George at twelve, Embiid at one point seven. Kyrie, Dame, and Kawhi uh, tied for fifth at 1%. Who's the best defender? 114 votes. Top three, you got Kawhi at 30%, Paul George at 16%, Rudy Gobert at 15%. Uh, Who's the most overrated? Only 47 votes. Uh, Draymond and Russell Westbrook tied at 17%. (laughs) Tied at number two, Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, and Carl Anthony Towns. That's crazy that he's tied with the two dudes that he killed to get out of town, and everybody got him being overrated at the same clip as them dudes. Uh, Tied for three, 
James Harden, Ben Simmons, LeBron James, and Kyle Lowry at 4.2%. Hell, people on this joint disrespecting. They got the Kang in there. Um, and then it's a bunch of names at number four, um, one of which is C.J. McCollum, um, one of which is Jason Tatum, uh, Jokic, DeMarcus Cousins, Paul Millsap, Lonzo Ball, John Collins, Hassan Whiteside, Kyrie Irvin, Brooke Lopez, Luka Doncic, all at 2.1%. Now, C.J. McCollum is crazy because he's on the overrated list and the underrated list. Uh, who's the most <laughs> underrated 116 votes? Drew Holiday was the number one underrated. Then it was Dame Lillard and Chris Middleton at 6%. Mike Conley a little under that. Um, C.J. McCollum wow. got 5.1% of being underrated but got 2% of being overrated. So <laughs> they're fighting over C.J., uh, which coach, aside from your own, would you want to play for? 112 votes, 40% said Pop, 10% said Brad Stevens, and there was a bunch of other coaches with small percentages. Uh, who's the worst ref? Surprisingly, only 53 players voted on the worst ref. Tony Brothers at 24.5%, Scott Foster at 20%. <laughs> then the rest. Where will Kevin Durant be playing next season? 109 votes. I wonder if Kevin Durant voted. Uh, New York at 63%, Golden State at 20%. Then it was like Brooklyn, Clippers, OKC, uh, Eastern Conference. <laughs> One said NBA. Um, that Yo. was all 1.8%. And then it was Dallas, Boston, Philly, Portland at 1%. You, we get B-I-S-H, Kev. <laughs> you going to tell me nothing. Yeah, what if Kevin Durant decide he want to come to Philly? Yeah, I take his bitch ass. I take his bitch ass. All right, so those those are the player polls, man. Players be drawn, trying to keep it anonymous, but yeah, they Yo, hating man. on my man Russ. They hating on my man let's Draymond like, too. Let's jump right into giving these awards away because we always run yes, out of time. So let's jump into it right away. Um, and I'll give mine. I'll just go through and give mine. Um. So the NBA players of the uh, uh, NBA awards, rather, excuse me. Um, we got the most improved player, defensive player of the year, six man coach of the year, rookie of the year, and the MVP. Um, this is interesting. So the most improved player, right? Um, I had two people on my list, and I'm sitting there like trying to make my mind up right now as we as we talk. Um, <laughs> man, this is tough. It's tough because. One of the things about the most improved player, and I, I just want to say this real quick, is because sometimes, like, someone can already be a great player. Right. But they still make an improvement to their game. You know what I'm saying? So you um, you still have to give them a look in terms of being the most improved player. But um, the boy, um, I don't want to pronounce his last name wrong, from the Raptors, uh, Siakam. 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 I always say Siakam. Siakam, however you say it. He was on my list, and I really thought about him, but i got to give it to D'Angelo Russell. Um, you know, because he's pretty much balling out of control to the point where I've actually heard a couple of people say that, so they might beat the Sixers. I don't believe it, but he, this dude right here, man, <laughs> everything that he went through, everything that he went through, you know, you got to salute him for that. Um, so I got him as being my most improved player, defensive player of the year. Um, even though you got to stop the blood clot crying, I got Rudy Gobert being defensive <laughs> player of the year. Um, I thought about Joel. I actually thought about Giannis, who I really like. Thought about giving him the defensive player of the year, but 
I'm going to go with Rudy Gobert. Uh, sixth man of the year, what are we even talking about? Lou Willville, stop playing, better than Manu. Hashtag better than Manu. Um, coach of the year, I'm going with Doc Rivers. I actually think this is Doc Rivers' best coaching job, even though the guys won a championship. When I look at that Clippers team and, 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 and their season, and I look at their roster, I'm like, yo. You was like, you was like, yeah? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I'm like, yo. Yo, their best players are sixth man of the year. But anyway, um, <laughs> he's, best player he's on gotten the a bench. lot out of that team. <laughs> he's gotten a lot out of that team, so salute the doc for that. Rookie of the year, I'm going with Trey T.L., a.k.a. Uh, Ice Cold Trey. Ice Trey, excuse me, and Trey T.L. Um, I know everybody's going to go yeah, Luka. Jimmy, Jimmy picked him because he's black. Or he might be black. So, <laughs> so what? Is he black? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> so what? <laughs> That is, maybe I did. Anyway, um, that's how you know. That's how you know Dev know me, cause, but I ain't gonna say that anyway. So I'm I'm picking a uh, Trey T L. Uh, the MVP. I mean, this is pretty much to me a two man race. Are you going Giannis? Are you going Harden? Um, I think that they're going to give it to Giannis, but my vote ah it's tough. You know what? I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna stick with my vote that I had in the beginning of the season. I'm gonna say Giannis. Here's why. Um, I don't think it'd be like I wouldn't if if they gave it to Harden. I'm not shocked, nor would I be upset. I think both guys deserve it. But to me, I think Giannis is arguably the best defensive player in the league and arguably the best offensive player in the league. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say That's the trouble I was having with that one, too, because both ways, like, dude, is a problem. He's both ways he's a problem, and he's a freak of nature, and, like, he's just a well-rounded, like, player. And I also Harden won one last year, but I don't want to hold that against him. And the old yeah. adage of like the best player on the best team, he fits that criteria too. Yeah. So yeah, he those are my did. NBA awards. All right, so I'll, I'll go most improved most improved player. I had the same two people on my list: uh, Siakam and, and D'Angelo. Um, props to D'Angelo because he 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 went from a good player to an All Star. Like his points per game went up by like six points. Um, his assists went up by almost two. His minutes went up. He's fun to up. watch too. But but Siakam, on the other hand, like he went from playing twenty minutes a game to thirty-one minutes per game. Which you know you get more minutes to go in there and do your thing. Of course you're going to improve, but you had to show that to the coaches to even be trusted with getting more minutes and getting into the starting lineup. He went from averaging seven a game. He went from averaging Ori a game to averaging Dumars a game this year from seven to sixteen point <laughs> nine, almost seventeen. Um, <laughs> shout out to him because people, you know, talking about your man Tatum, like he had better stats than even Jason Tatum. But Jason Tatum supposed to be like you know the best small forward in the East. Yeah. But um, Siakam <laughs> averaged more than but, but Siakam. So I'm, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna stop rambling. I'm gonna go with Siakam on this one. But shout out to to D Russ. Um, defensive player of the year for me it was between Rudy Gobert and Freak. For 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 Joel, I think Joel kind of excluded himself from all the awards with the amount of games that he ended up missing. So um, low management, right? Low management messed him up. So I'm gonna go with uh, Rudy Gobert on this one. Um, like Jimmy says, stop your blood clot crying. Six man Lou Willville. No need to talk about anybody else. Coach of the year. It was between three people. Between my cousin Nate McMillan, um, Doc Rivers, and Budenholzer, 
But I'm going to go with my yeah, cousin on this, on. man, because Ooh. there's no way that they should have only fallen to the fifth seed after Oladipo went out. Like, I was wondering how this team kept winning games. He gets hurt after playing 36 games, and they still end up winning 47 games for the season. That's masterful right there. I'm going to go with uh, Coach McMillan, rookie of the year. Shout out to Trey and his uh, post-All-Star. His post-All-Star run was crazy. Y'all hear that noise? Crazy, crazy. Yo, what on God's green earth is that? What is <laughs> Yo, we getting, I don't know, what was that? The aliens coming. Yo. What? Or the government. Um, I'm going to go with Luca though, uh, for his consistency throughout the year. Um, MVP, same thing. Harden versus Freak. And Jimmy almost made me change my mind because I thought about the same thing. Freak is just a better player all around, offensively and defensively. Better player. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking a little differently at most viable player, and I'm looking at where Houston was early in the season when they were, like, down in, like, the 14th seed. Everybody around dude was getting hurt. And even though I don't think – like, Harden does not qualify for the Larry Brown Award. He does not play the game the right way. (laughs) He doesn't. Like, the way he plays the game is is kind of toxic in itself. I like that that Larry Brown Award. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's something else. That's something new we got to start giving out. He's not going to get the Larry Brown Award for playing the right way. But to see somebody, and I'll never give anybody the single-handed thing. Like, nobody single-handedly does anything. You had to have some kind of help in some kind of areas. But this was as close to a single-handed rescue of a team season that I've seen in a long time. So I'm going to go with James Harden on this, even though I'm a, at this point I'm a bigger fan of Freak. I think Freak is better on both sides of the ball um, as an all-around player. But yeah. I just got to give it to James for what he did this season, man. So MVP James Harden. What you got, B? Oh, I don't even know if B um, here. Oh, yeah, I hold on. There we go, be. I got to He was mute. Yeah, B, that what's was, up? That was B making that damn noise. Yeah. That, <laughs> the aliens came and abducted his ass. All right, yeah, B, what, got what you got? Rookie of the year is Luca. I don't think it's even close, even though, uh, you know, Trey did his thing towards the end. Coach of the year. Shout out to your to your uncle Nate. Amazing cousin, job, man. but he ain't that old. Oh, is he cousin? Boy, cousin I ain't Nate. that young. <laughs> Mike <laughs> Mike Mike Budenholzer. Um, yo, it's Milwaukee. I don't ever recall them being good in my life. I mean, Nate. Um, he he definitely he's probably gonna win it, and he definitely would deserve it. They did go from the eighth seed to the one seed, so that ain't nothing to sneeze at. Man. Um, six man of the year is always going to be for me. Uh, Jamal Crawford is six man of the year. Um, <laughs> all right, nobody on Phoenix uh, deserves any awards. That that is very true. Shout out to Lou me, Will, me, real quick. I don't I don't mean to interrupt your, your your awards, man. But do y'all notice how many legendary games go on by players in Phoenix and they never mean anything and they usually lose during these games? Like your man, Devin Booker. Devin Booker, put up 50, and they lost by 33 points. Dang it. <laughs> no. He put up yeah, 70. He put up 70 in a loss. His other 50 this year, because he had two of them, was in a loss. Jamal Crawford just put up 50, 
and and I believe they lost that game to the Mavericks, right? They did. They lost. Yeah. They lost. Yeah. Yo, they put up the most meaningless, legendary games out there. But go ahead. My bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. Mm-hmm. We good. Uh, six man is is definitely if if Jamal Crawford wasn't still in the league, it would be Lou Willville, obviously. Um, most improved player. I've watched this young man. I don't know if it's maybe more than y'all, but we, we in this case, I will name this the DeMar DeRozan Award because when Pascal Siakam came into the league, both couldn't play basketball. And now <laughs> he, he like, his level is high. Like he's a skilled player. When he got here, he was just an African that jumped high. Um, so I'm going with P- Pascal Siakam. Defender. Um, it probably should be Rudy Gobert, but he's a female dog, and I can't give him no awards. So Paul George is my defensive player uh-huh. of the year. Most valuable player. Salute to James Harden. I agree with you, Dev. Uh, yo, what he's doing offensively is amazing, even if I don't want my son to watch it. It's amazing. Um, Jimmy. Greek, Greek freak, man. Greek oh, freak, is, freak is MVP. Yeah, freak yeah. is MVP. Freak make it look too easy though. Like he don't, he, put, he, he don't seem like he put in forth full effort, and then he got like forty eight, seventeen, and and eight. <laughs> um, yeah, Jimmy, I'm I'm gonna ask you though, like how be giving Crawford the um, six man award when Boy averaged seven point nine per game this season? <laughs> And, and Lou Will and Lou Will averaged a dub off of the bench for a playoff team. I'm just asking. Yo, be Austin Griffin. Be Austin don't recognize that Lou Willville is coming to the spot. He like I'm gonna give dude the award until he retires. Point blank. Period. Yo, Lou Will Lou Willville got two wives, so I'm gonna leave it at that. Yo, that is a great point. Yo, Lou Willville, man, because he he's doing it right in his marriage. <laughs> and he, not to mention he averaged a dub. And, and took he averaged a dub, but, but he, you know, yo, he's going to raise his second, That's secondary. Yo, he's the best player on his team, and he don't start. <laughs> At this point, it's a novelty because Doc Rivers know that dude need to be in the starting lineup, but he don't want to mess up yeah. his legendary six man status. So let me just uh-huh. keep bringing you off the bench, even though what, what's his minutes looking like? He pay, he playing twenty six minutes off the bench, so like six more minutes, he definitely will be playing starters minutes. Last season, he did. Last season, he played 32 minutes a game off the bench. So, you know, Doc just keep him down, put him in five minutes into the game, and then don't take him out <laughs> just so he can keep his six-man yeah. status. All right, let's get these first-round picks real quick, John, because we're about to be out of here. Oh, yeah, we got to breeze through this. All right, so um, let's let's go to uh, to the East. We got the Bucks playing the Pistons. I I'm right the Bucks and I'm taking the Bucks and four. Um, who you got, Bucks and <laughs> Jeff? Getting them right out of there. I'm taking the uh, the Bucks and five in that one. Austin, who you got? Bucks and three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we got the Raptors. We got the Raptors and the, uh, the Magic. Um, I'm going to go with the Raptors and five. Um, this is the one I got. I got the sweep happening. I got the Raptors and four in this one. Unless okay. they load management Kawhi for a couple of games because they don't respect the Magic, but the Magic is actually the matchup I wanted for the Sixers instead of the Nets. 
Yeah, the Magic could get swept. That'd be real, like, you know. But anyway, I'll give them one game just for, just for GP. B, also, you got? Raptors, uh, Raptors in five. I'm not going to disrespect the Magic. They grown men. They got pride. All right. Um, Sixers and Nets. I'm going Sixers and six. And the only reason I'm going six games is because the big fella is out for game one at least. So I'm taking Sixers and six. Dev, what you got? I I got the Sixers and six as well, but I think this would be hard fought, and I think it might end up being a dramatic six. They better get them out here in six. That's what I'm saying. And I also I don't know. I'm think I'm kind of leaning towards seven if he does miss the first game. So I guess Jimmy would have him in five if it weren't for Joe. Yeah. But I'm gonna go with six. Pretty much. Sixes and six. Who you got? Sixes and, sixes and seven. Uh, Jimmy buckets builds us up. Okay. All right, so now you got the Celtics and Pacers. I think this is going to be a tough tough series because of their, their <clears> cousin, <throat> uncle. So, but I'm going to go with the Celtics. I'm going to go with the Celtics and seven. Um, I think the Celtics might turn it on. The Pacers might finally show some warts of not having their star. I'm going to go with the Celtics and five. Austin? Celtics and six. Okay. All right, so we all got the same team so far. Now we got um <laughs> we got let's see, we got the uh number one seed in the West. Hold up, what the hell am I looking oh, at? Oh, the the Warriors versus Yeah, the Warriors. Because I know My I know bad. um I know Chase picked the Clippers to win game one. But uh, <laughs> I'm That's why I had to hit everybody with the, the polls because they were gonna be like, He's crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the uh the Warriors in five. I'm going to go with the Warriors in five as well. And the only reason I'm doing that is because of what Jimmy said. My son said the Clippers going to get one. Clippers getting one. Let's see if the seven-year-old is right. Austin, who you got? Yo, Saltic, no. Warriors, two and a half. And he did clarify, Jimmy. I talked to him about it again. He's just saying they're going to get one. It's not necessarily – going to be game one, like I said, but he said they're going to get one. So I'm going with five as well. We got the Nuggets and the Spurs. This is actually going to be a tough series, too. Like, I'm watching conference series, boy. Um, It should be tough. I'm going to go with the Nuggets and six. I'm into Nuggets, y'all. I'm going to go with the Nuggets and seven. Okay. All right, no doubt. Austin. Come on, B. Hurry up. We got to go. Nuggets and six. Okay, all right, so we got the uh Watch the Spurs the beat them. Blazers. Yeah. I know, Watch the crazy. Spurs beat them. We got, we got the Blazers and the Thunder. Mm. I got the Thunder go in six. I'm gonna go with the Thunder in five. I think they're they're turning the corner turning the right way, Paul George. And uh yeah, Thunder. Yeah. Plus awesome. you know the Trailblazers turn it off in the playoffs. So yeah. Pretty much awesome what you got, man. <laughs> Blazers in seven. All right. Rockets, Jazz. I got the Rockets in a seven-game series. Dev, what you got? I got the Rockets in six. Okay, Austin. Rockets in six. All right. No doubt. We got to get out of here, man. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody on everywhere in the chat room, Facebook. You know, guys. You guys know where you hit us from. Those that got through, we appreciate it. Those we can get to, we apologize. Tune next week live right here or catch us on demand. As a matter of fact, catch everything we do at warmsports.com. 
because next week we're going to be talking about what's going on in the playoffs, NFL draft, and everything in the world of sports, so make sure you check us out. Again, everything we do is at the hub, warrensports.com. Don't forget to cop my book. You do it at sportsthebook.com or warrensports.com. But until next time, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you jumps on top.